Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, So I'm very happy about the garden, but what really stood out for me was the quote, which was, they tried to bury us. They didn't know we were seeds, which I think Mm -hmm. is so powerful. And I think, you know, Iran is a very backwards when it comes to LGBTQ rights, but Iran is one of the number one, they've perfected trans surgery, actually. Again, it's not great. Every progress comes with a but. So they believe that being trans is a mental illness, so they are protected by law. They have security. Trans murder in Iran is at a zero. So they protect trans people at all costs because they believe it's mental illness. Again, I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that when you look at the numbers, 130 people were murdered in Brazil, trans people. We had Mm -hmm. about 27 trans murders um, and a lot of them are women of color, uh, trans women of color. And my friend, Aris Wanzer, who was on the show, went to a Black Lives Matter movement in LA and they read 49 names. Not one of them were trans women of color. And I, I love the new initiative of all Black Lives Matter in the way that like trans and queer non-binary folk, gender fluid Black people also matter. And that's really important. Um, and I just, these numbers are so, I've heard these numbers for the last 10 years being involved with the LGBTQ Center. And I've heard, I've actually heard this at an event from a white cisgender gay man, stop talking about trans murder, it's uncomfortable. So I think that if it's a little uncomfy for you, I'm so sorry, sweetie, that you have to, can't go to your circuit party and you're uncomfortable. But the fact of the matter is this is happening and we have to open our eyes. And it, you know, this memorial is a great step in the right direction and go you St. Louis for doing yeah. it. Um, I'd love to see this on every corner in every city because trans people matter and not only trans mm-hmm. people that are providing entertainment you might love the show pose and you might love laverne cox but there are trans people who are not famous who are yeah. sex workers who have hiv who are who are kicked out of their homes i'd like you to support them following laverne cox is not going to do it again i love laverne cox love her but that's not going to do it yeah, yeah i 100 agree and you know it's a good point you guys brought up earlier in the show and it just clicked me right now about the fact that you think that some places are better than others when St. Louis, Missouri is the one who has a transgender memorial garden. Like I would never in my wildest dreams think it would be St. Louis, Missouri to have mm-hmm. something like this, you know? So it's just a testament. I guess people are making moves in different ways in different places. So hopefully we can all come together and make things better for everybody because this was like you said, Amir, a step in the right direction and we just need more steps like this. So yeah. um, I like, love also- that. Any other thoughts, Ali? Go ahead. Real, well, real quick, it, I think it's awesome. And I've, I, this week, Scotland was the first country to actually start going to start incorporating LGBTQ plus um, curriculum in their schools. So I feel like it starts with education, like the education that we received, at least what I received was BS, like it's so whitewashed, like I didn't learn about gay rights, trans rights, trans liberation, like, I didn't learn about Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera until past high school like probably it was probably maybe even past my community college before I transferred but like Mm -hmm. it starts with education and just educating the youth and like some of these parents are so afraid it's not like we're not talking about sex we're talking about rights you know that people fought Mm -hmm. for people rioted in the streets for so it starts with you know just education and like I love that they're doing these memorials but hopefully these memorials can lead into 
incorporating that curriculum yes. that Scotland yes. is just doing. It's the first country. And I'm like, what about, what about America? <laughs> yeah. what, that's yeah. a, America's supposed right. to be so great, right. but so many people, so many lives are in fear of living in this right. country where it's supposed to be, where we're so free, but our rights are being like taken away. Absolutely. What about the UK? What right. about like, you know, the US, like countries that love drag race and are willing to make millions off of gay people and have prides and parades? Where does that, you know, and there's so much lack of education, like you said, we don't know a lot. I mean, even the Native American story, we're like, oh, Thanksgiving, how lovely. They were murdered. Like, right. where is the story of the indigenous queer people? Like, it's just, there's so much missing from the story. And it's because white men are writing people of color's history. <laughs> That's the problem, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. you're telling the story of Wash, you know, George Washington. It's so amazing. He's not perfect, but like the fact is, a white man is writing a story, so everything's coming out rosy, you know. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Stephen, any other thoughts before we move on? No, I think you all have said it. I love it. Pardon me, though. I'm going to turn off the air conditioner and I know this is live talking yes. like that. I can see <laughs> <We're good>. you <laughs> um, Let's real quick, I just want to talk about Puppy of Edition because I'm just going to breathe right through it. It's just going to be yes. talking about Miley Cyrus. I wanted to just shout her out because obviously she has been an ally to the LGBTQ community for so many years. She's an ally to the Black Lives Matter movement for the last couple of months and throughout the whole movement as well. So I love Miley Cyrus. I just wanted to shout her out because she had this adorable TikTok with her boo Cody Simpson recently and the internet loved it, especially gay Twitter, because I think what it highlighted and what I noticed myself was this happy, healthy relationship that she's now going through, which is obviously a departure from her last one, which was very well documented that was not the most happy and healthy relationship out there. So I'd just love to get a quick thought from all of you about, you know, her support of the LGBT community, her relationship with Cody Simpson, anything you want to talk about Miley real quick. So Amir, I'll start with you. Um, I love Miley. And in between Liam and Cody, she actually dated a woman. So she mm -hmm. dated um, Brody Jenner's ex, um, Caitlin from the Hills. So they, they had a really quick, like, kind of romance. And, you know, Miley's always been very fluid. So yeah. I love that she's not only part of the community, but also an ally and uses her voice for good. Um, I can't stand Cody Simpson, but I love Miley. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair. Um, <laughs> any thoughts? <laughs> uh, I love her mullet. Everyone's coming for a mullet in this video. I'm like, leave her alone. Mullets are, they're coming back. And she's, <laughs> I'm just really happy. Like, I even saw, like, kind of like a thread of, like, why her relationship was kind of problematic with Liam. And it mm -hmm. really just shows the difference of how happy she is. And it, it's good. You know, she's been through a lot and she is such a great ally. So we love you, Miley. Yes, we love it. Steven, any thoughts? Um, I I love Miley's voice. I love uh, Wrecking yes. Ball. I love Jolene. Um, I don't know who Cody is. Um, <laughs> here for Miley, exactly. um, you know, being an ally, I think... Uh, you know, honestly, when I when I heard this, I was like, great. This is, you know, honestly, it's like, yes, go Miley, you know, for being mm -hmm. an ally. And I hope that the message, because uh, I think the fear was like a month ago, 
that our timelines wouldn't go back to like frivolous things and they kind of are to some degree mm -hmm. so like you know it's great to do a TikTok dance we'll celebrate some joy and I hope you know like the BLM uh microphone like pick it back up you know and like yes. we let's, we were going to continue yes. to have these conversations but she seems like a sweet girl her father is a great singer he was on uh he he championed uh old town road uh yes old, um, <laughs> out rapper um and yes. so you know their whole family's doing some good things so yeah yeah we love that yes i remember my high school days wrecking ball was my jam literally i think yes! i was thinking about my own imaginary toxic relationship as well <laughs> <laughs> so i can't but yes love money so much um i love that that's his name Lil Nas X. Sorry. Little yeah, Nas X, yeah. I don't know there if you guys saw, he had like this shirtless video, like he was singing, and I was like, okay, hold on, somebody better judge <laughs> before the I first jump trap. to this camera. Yeah, I was like, we I love, jump yeah. into this phone. Yep. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> well, you can see his booty too on Instagram. He put his little booty out there, so I, mm -hmm. I love that. Here we go, all right, yes. I'm ready. I'll let y'all handle Nas that. I he's, he's, he's a little I too young for me right now, so. I'm single, Lil Nas. <laughs> Right? That's too much. Um, Brian, we have someone from the live chat, Jean yes. Wilson, saying, being outspoken about the rights of the LGBT plus is what is needed. It's all about love and acceptance. And I will always make voice heard whether people like it or not. And then Kai Palmer saying, I, su I suppose she is an ally, a misstep in my language, LOL, sorry. It's fine. She's an ally and she's part of the community, so it's even better. Yes. We yeah. love that. All right, one community we don't really want to talk about, but we have to is <laughs> over in Fire Island. Ollie is going to give us the read all about it. So Ollie, tell us the drama. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm sad to report that gays, <laughs> not just gays, but I see, I saw like a bunch of different people. Like I saw women there, um, went to Fire Island this past weekend to celebrate the 4th of July, a stupid holiday that doesn't even mean crap anymore like when we don't even have Juneteenth as a national holiday, like it's not recognized. Like, I don't think it's right to celebrate the 4th of July when, like I said earlier in the show, where there's so many people, like I don't feel proud of this country to be perfectly no. honest. I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe for, I don't feel other people lives, my friends, some of my family, I don't feel that they're safe either. So to see some people celebrating it, it kind of just shows their privilege and kind of just also the commercialization of this stupid, the stupid holiday, air quotes. So of course all the gays flock to Fire Island and without masks, without practicing social distancing. And I wonder your thoughts, because obviously I'm fuming at this because it's really <laughs> stupid. But these gays couldn't go one single year without going to Fire Island. That doesn't even look fun. It does not look fun, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone looks like it, it looks horrible. And I'm sure they left the island with more than they came with. So what are your thoughts? Because it's terrible. It's terrible because you also like it's this is mostly the queer community at Fire Island. You know, I feel like we're more the queer community is more so practices safe sex, you know, so to know that COVID's going on and they're not practicing safe social distancing, like, come on, do better. Come on, prep. <laughs> I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yes, go ahead, Amir. Give me your thoughts. <laughs> I mean, as someone who's been to Fire Island, I know there's a lot of extracurricular activities there. I'm just going to leave it at that. It's hard <laughs> to go there and practice social distancing. I think it's, I, but it also just shows the white gay privilege I've been talking about for now, I think, coming on 10 years. And, you know, people hate when I talk about this. They come for me. They send me death threats. I've gotten it all. Um, but this is perfectly proof of it. I'm calling it the States of America because it ain't united. That's BS. It's a bag of tricks. It's, it's a country built on indigenous land. I mean, there's so much 
awfulness in this country. And I think to pretend that we're going to celebrate it. And when I posted about canceling 4th of July, I got a lot of DMs, you know, from white gay men who said that I was un-American. I should go back where I came from. Um, I was born here and my English is better than yours. So stay in your lane and I will not go back to my own country because this is my country and I'm, I pay taxes and I provide and I'm a part of the community. So I think it's really important that people take a break. None of us are going to die by not celebrating 4th of July. It's actually the opposite by going there. And, you know, God forbid someone ends up seeing their grandparent or even their parents and they end up dying. That, that blood and that partying is on your hands. So Mm -hmm. the big next for me. Definitely. Steven, any thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so many things. I mean, um, Let's see. So like when the protests were happening in New York and I was there and I would ride my bike down to the protests and stuff. I remember I rode through Hell's Kitchen. I was coming from Harlem and I saw a mass of white gays and not a lot of black folks, I will say, like just outside on Ninth Avenue. And I stopped and I was like, what is happening? I had to ask somebody with my mask on. And they just said, you know, they were visiting, but it was like, this was like a month ago. So people were just excited just to be out. Um, I mean, this behavior isn't new. I mean, you know, you turn on the news and you see people like party goers um, at, I don't know, uh, in Florida on the beach, like, you know, it, not just the gays. I mean, it's, it's, it's everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one commenter that said something like, you know, I want to be cautious of uh, demonizing gay folks as the vectors of disease. Cause like how that, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's good that we're having this conversation like in house um, as to like, you know, what are you guys doing? Like, what's whether it's Fourth of July or not? I mean, what's the purpose? I did see the videos. I didn't see a mask. Um, I read some of the stories of like one guy said I quarantined for eight days and then I went out and partied. Now that isn't kind of an excuse that probably would have flown like in March, mm-hmm. but like now that we know that the quarantine period could be weeks. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's just, it's ridiculous, but what else is new? You know? Yep, COVID Corey, you know, that was his name. And he said, I had it, and yes, I quarantined, and I'm fine. It's like, and, ooh. And then he said oh. it was a joke, but I doubt it, you know. I doubt, I doubt it, it, too. But, it's, but it also, like, in a nutshell, like, I feel like this just makes it so prevalent that, like, there's going to be another lockdown. Like, this is, there, here comes the third, second, fourth, 67th wave, you know, so it's like, where's the progress? I feel like the three months that we were all quarantined, at least I feel like we were all right. <laughs> like yeah, it was all, yeah. it was all for nothing, you know? And it's just disheartening. And it makes it seem like partying and like the self-validation of being social with other people is, it's like not even like, it, it's like a, they're not personality traits, you know, especially during right. a, a pandemic. So it's just absolutely to see this on social media because we're all attached to social media in this day of age in quarantine. Absolutely. Oh, you're right. right. And that's, I think that's why Disney plus released Hamilton. They were like, stay home, watch Hamilton. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. The gays love that. So at least one thing right for the gays, but Fire Island was not it. So uh, let's move on. Um, Our last little thing we're going to do before we get out of here is just ask a couple questions to Steven, because we're so happy to have him here to talk about everything. So we're so excited. Um, so we're each going to do maybe one or two quick little questions before we head out of here. So Amira, I'll start with you. Anything you want to ask Stephen? Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, as someone who I'm either on camera or off camera, I'm a writer, a producer. I love to know how you communicated on the show, you know, playing, you know, 
not only a black queer man, but a father. Like that's really like impactful into, you know, have being taken care of this child as well. How did you communicate with the writers to make sure that story was told correctly and, you know, as clearly as possible? Um, I, I honestly can't say that I did. I can't say that that was something that was um, part of my input. I mean, there, were, there have been other things of my storyline, um, mm -hmm. like, you know, about my love interest, that I did have more of an input in communication. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I personally would love to be a father. Um, and that, you know, kind of desire kind of comes and goes, like as my life progresses and career progresses. Um, but mm -hmm. I've always known, like, queer, same gender loving, gay black folks who've had to step up and like take care of their sister's kid or mm -hmm. a neighbor's kid, um, like who have had to be that parental figure. So mm -hmm. um, it's not a foreign thing, but that was the writers. That was all them. Wow. Great writing. I love that. Wonderful. Yes. I love it. Ollie, any questions? Well, Steven, what do you kind of, what's kind of like your takeaway with uh, being quarantined? Like have, what's kind of like the self-reflection that you've gone through to kind of take away as an actor going back into to, uh, like a non-pandemic -pan world in your career? Um, hmm, there's been so much, um, let's see, as an actor. So it's hard to answer that. There's been a lot of takeaways as a person, there you know, you like go. having to sit in solitude and cause that's, that's who I am first and that informs my acting. And so um, having to really clearly define what's essential and what's not essential uh almost like that uh serenity prayer like learning learning the difference to know uh the wisdom to know the difference between the two um there's been a lot of that there's been a lot of like um i've been working out at home you know mm -hmm. i've been finding a lot of things that i can do that i don't have to go out and do um also let me tell you this instagram uh has been uh i don't know it's a good distraction and a game changer. Like I've been finding so many windows into many into people's lives. There's been so many different like voices that I've gotten to hear. Mm -hmm. And as an actor, like I'm always listening. I want to hear like what different people have to say and different stories. Like the revolution's not televised, but it is on Instagram. And there's mm -hmm. been like a lot of that. Um, some other things I was just like in this uh, voiceover workshop right before this, and they were just saying like how now how now there's not much excuse for like an actor to do, like a voiceover actor to do their job because people are learning how to do it from home. So mm -hmm. it's just it's just changing. Like there's so much, I watched Noah's Ark reunion. Yes. And like to see this show that was beautiful, that was taped over like, I think a weekend or a week or something. And it's just like this, I watch The View. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm that uncle, I guess. I love The View every morning. <laughs> I love it. And like to see their progression where it would start out like this, everyone having their individual background to looking like they're all in the studio. Like people are finding ways to do so much with where mm -hmm. we're at. And it reminds me of like when I first came to New York so many years ago um, where people were talking about reality TV and like actors are like, I don't like this reality TV and et cetera. And we just moved past it. Reality TV is like, it's, it's there. Um, movements change. Like, you know, we, you don't have to have a gatekeeper necessarily. They're, the gatekeepers are starting to be less and people are becoming more um, accessible because we all have a phone um, mm -hmm. A lot of us have, well, most of us, a lot of us have phones and have the internet and we're able to produce content and do, do more. So 
the takeaway that I've gotten is um, continuing to be like a self-starter, uh, continuing to advance with the times. Um, yeah, yeah. I love that. Get voice this. acting. Get into yes. well, now's the well, time to do acting, it. Sure. Well, voice anime. Acting, it could also be producing. You said anime. Anime. It's a, <laughs> anime. I, I follow sure, so. I follow. Yeah, they are putting in work. I follow so many voice actors. Mm-hmm. Oh, right on, right on. I love that. Right on, right on. I just have a quick question before we head out of here, Stephen. So uh, we talked about this kind of throughout the show of kind of where we've come as an LGBTQ community, as you know, people of color. But I want to know what you think would be our next steps for LGBT representation in Hollywood. Like, what do you think we can do next to kind of keep that momentum going? It's so funny when you said that. I thought of the Ryan Murphy show in Hollywood. Let's start with like the TV too. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Hopefully there is because <laughs> I like that show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it might be a one and done, but I enjoyed that show, and I thought I thought it was a great reimagining of what could be. Uh, there's this show that I'm not on, but I would like to be on, um, in addition to my show, called, um, it was by the writer, creator, I May Destroy You, who also wrote, um, oh, yeah, um, Michaela Cole. I mean, it's brilliant for so many different reasons, like her storyline, but what's also there is this spectrum. No, spo- Not to spoil, so I'll be really vague for those who haven't seen it, but there's a spectrum of Black queer men in one episode coming from like different points of view, like one who's really sexually advanced, one who's like, I'm a beginner, another person who's like, I'm advanced, but I'm not that person. And I think what's here for us where I want to see us go is not just have one queer character on a TV show mm-hmm. or one black queer character on a TV show, but to have a spectrum. Just as many hairstyles as there are, blonde, brunette, dreadlocks, box braids, and et cetera, like to have like, because um, nobody is a monolith. Black people aren't a monolith. Um, gay people aren't a monolith. Like, you know, there's so many different um so many different um, uh, uh, um, voices that that can be out there. So I think what's next is for us to continue to have the representation um, so that the weight is not just on one character to to succeed or to fail or to be the representation, um, but that we get to show the spectrum just as it is in life. Like in Mm -hmm. actual New York City, there's a spectrum of queer folk of black queer folk like we all Mm -hmm. don't listen to the same stuff or you know what i mean so like that's Mm -hmm. i think that's the new era of our art reflecting life and influencing life yeah that's so interesting to bring that up borrowing from that yeah sorry i love that i feel like it's so interesting to bring it up because you're a part of a show that does that i feel like the bold type Mm -hmm. is so strong with that Mm -hmm. we have obviously oliver um, you representing Oliver in that way. We have Kat and Adina. We just have all this great representation for many queer characters, people of color, so many different backgrounds and walks of life are, are represented in the bold type, which is why I gravitate towards it. So many people gravitate towards it. So I just wanted to say that we have you on here, that I love you so much on the show. I think you're absolutely amazing. Uh, you're representing it so well. Definitely. So we appreciate you. you being here so much. So guys, anything else before we head out of here with Steven? Any more thoughts, things to ask? I just asked, I just want to ask one quick question because obviously this is like hit, you know, the airwaves and Instagram. Um, Kanye West running for president, um, splitting the black vote. Do you think this is going to really, it's going to kind of help Trump actually get elected? I know, I just oh, really God. quick, I know. I'm, <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, like, put him on the spot. <laughs> That's no, a great way to end that. the show. <laughs> 
it's not about me being on the spot. I saw that and I'm just like, it's not real, is it? It's not real. Right. And I'll be real honest with you. I follow people who I need to, I, pers- I might need to diversify my people who I follow. A lot of them are people like me. They're black, they're queer. They're, you know, I don't particularly follow all the hetero cisgendered people to know exactly what they're thinking. I hope we're not falling for the okie doke. Um, I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I, I really feel you on that. Best way to end it. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. This can't be a real situation, but here we are. Yep. And, and let me just say this. I mean, because I know there's not ever a perfect candidate, but when has there ever been a perfect candidate? And I mm-hmm. hope that. I, I, I think that Black folks get that because we've never had the luxury of being able to, to have, vote for a candidate that tailors to us particularly or specifically. And so mm-hmm. Joe Biden may not be great, but he is better than Trump. And so we mm-hmm. all know this. We all know this. And we all know that Kanye thought slavery was a choice. Kanye had to apologize for that later. You know, Kanye, he's still on his journey, but it's not to the White House. And so I just hope that, you know, whoever is in those circles talking to people who might even consider voting for him. um, Yeah. Mm-mm. Great answer. Sorry to yeah. put that on you at the last minute. <laughs> no, it's just more like a reality that I'm like, that's not real. That's not real. And I don't even know, I don't even know if he's going to be able to be on the ballot in some states, like if it's too late or not. It's too so late for I, three I really states. So yeah, California, okay. I, I'm sorry, New York, um, Florida, and then one other state, I believe Delaware. It's too late for those three. Well, <sighs> Kanye, just cut it out. Honestly, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> but that is all the time we had today, guys. Thank you so much. It's been such a great show. Thank you everyone for watching. Before we head out of here, let's start with you, Stephen. Where can everyone find you on social media to follow you? You can find me at Stephen Conrad Moore. Stephen, like Stephen King. Conrad, like Lauren Conrad, I guess. And then Moore, <laughs> like, like Mary Tyler Moore, for all of yeah. those who remember Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, you can yeah. find me there on Instagram, um, or you can find me on Twitter at Stephen Conrad NY. Amazing. Amir, tell them where they can find you. Steven, you outdid yourself with the very, very queer introduction. Everything was more queer <laughs> than the next. It was like Stephen King, and then it was Mary Tyler Moore and Lauren Conrad. I loved it. Um, I am, you know, as you know, you can follow me at Amir Yas uh, Official on Instagram and TikTok. And we're taking a bit of hiatus um, because, like Stephen said, we are also tired. So we all need a break, but we've loved, you know, this gay Twitter family that we've created, and we'll be back soon. Yes, Ollie. Tell them where they can find you in the meantime. Yeah, this is our season finale. Imagine how tired. <laughs> imagine how tired we how are. How tired we are. <laughs> how tired I'm, we are. <laughs> I'm Ollie Drennan. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ollie Dreamer. Thank you, Stephen, for joining us. Yes. Of course. Thanks for Again, having me. Thank you so much, Stephen. It was an absolute, absolute pleasure. Can't wait to see more of you on the Bull Type. Everyone, make sure you check out the Bull Type. It is right now on Freeform. It's an absolutely amazing show. If you haven't seen it, binge it. It's amazing. We love it. Come I'm on tonight. your host. Yes, it's on tonight. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm like, I totally forgot it's Thursday. Yes, check it out, new episode. Um, I'm your host, Brian Santos. You can find me on everything at the Brian Santos. This has been this week's Gay Twitter. We love you all for being here. Thank you so much. We'll see you all soon. Bye. 
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV's Gay Twitter. We are so, so excited to be back. We were off for a little bit of a week, um, but we're back to talk about everything happening in the LGBT gay Twitterverse. Um, so I'm so excited to jump into it with you guys. I am your host, Brian Santos, for the week. And I will not be here without my amazing panel. We have a gorgeous, amazing, perfect Amir and Ali. How are you both? Good. We're good. Great. Ready to kiki. Let's do this. <laughs> yes. And obviously, you can see him on the screen. We are so over the moon thrilled to have an amazing guest joining us. He's been on so many amazing television shows. Such a great actor. But you might know him the most from the bold type. He plays Oliver Grayson. We are so thrilled to have Stephen Conrad Morthas here. How are you, Stephen? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Just a little sweaty, Great. but I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear it. Well, we are so excited to have you. We're going to be doing our definitely our interview with you at the end of the show. But before we get to that, we're going to be running through some hot topics throughout the whole program. We're going to be talking about everything happening from some fun coming out stories to the Halle Berry drama, Massachusetts, Miley Cyrus, some Fire Island gays. So just the whole works. Um, a lot to break down this episode. So let's kind of just jump uh, right in. Um, we like to start off on a fun little cute note. So let's just talk about the adorable college cutie that came out this week. Um, he is this fun, adorable Martin Herkmans. He's actually um, Dutch, a Dutch rower. He's in college from the Netherlands, but he goes to UC Berkeley. And he just has this adorable coming out story about, um, I guess, masculinity, you know, just playing to the fact that he is in sports. He puts on this masculine persona, but he is gay and he's proud of it. So it was so great to see him coming out, um, especially on the tail end of Pride Month as well. So I would love to just get kind of some of your thoughts. Um, maybe I'll start with you, Ollie. What did you think and how happy are you for him that he came out? I think it's great. It's always a great to actually come out in like a sports setting because it is kind of scary to be anything but heteronormative in like a sports setting, especially you're afraid of, oh, what are the fans going to think? What are, what, what are my teammates going to make? Is this going to cause controversy? You know, so I think it's just, I hope it's a step for other people to continuously create safe spaces because no one wants to be singled out for who they are. And, you know, it, it's great. It's cute. It's cute. We love, Amir, any thoughts? Yeah, so I actually, I know Thomas uh, Beatty, the soccer player just came out as well. And um, I just love to see more sports people coming out. I think it's really important. And, you know, I have a friend who's queer and played basketball at USC and said, when I use the locker room, I'm there to shower. I'm not there to, you know, hit on straight men. I'm not there to victimize anyone. And I think it's really important that people differentiate sexuality from predatory behavior. I think that as mm -hmm. gay men, sometimes we're put in this like box of like, oh, I'm going to come out and now I'm going to start hitting on all straight men. Let's be mm -hmm. honest, straight people. Y'all are wearing cargo pants. Nobody's hitting um, on you. So oh <laughs> just stay in your lane. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're good where we are. And I think it, it's so, and I love that his teammates, you know, kind of rallied around him. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of his, you know, former friends kind of were commenting on his picture. And I'm kind of here for it. 
I love that. Stephen, any thoughts? Yeah, I kind of like delved into the comments of these and um, someone pointed out like, you know, him defending masculinity when I thought like, what's the importance of this particular coming out story? And you're right. I mean, our, it's great that you, we don't have like a lot of athletes in general, college or professional who are coming out. Um, my hope and wish is that um, it can be a statement of I'm coming out as gay, but I'm instead of it being, but I'm still masculine and I'm still masculine and I don't have mm -hmm. to really care about defending my masculinity because my gender expression is not tied to who I choose to sleep with. Mm hmm absolutely so well said it's perfect and yeah we're, we're also happy for him for coming out especially towards the end of pride month because ollie and i talked about this a couple of weeks ago it's just that i we hope that pride month or you know any month kind of gives people this safe space or um more more be, they'll be more inclined to want to come out and want to share who they are because people are more supportive i mean we hope people are supportive throughout the year but i digress um so let's move on I, to talking about another thing of course oh, yes please i love that he also like in this post said that he realizes how privileged he is that he's coming out into like a, a warm environment and acknowledging Definitely. that a lot of other people may not come into that warm environment so absolutely okay. you're so right Stephen. i i wanted to add something real quick to what you mentioned about defending masculinity i think it it's such an interesting point because i think i can be very feminine at times but also very masculine i think we both carry those energies and i felt like he didn't really need to defend himself with the masculinity but i know a lot of you know people when they do come out it's kind of like maybe some of his friends or teammates were like oh are you gonna act like a girl now like so there's mm -hmm. this kind of misconception about around being queer um so i love that you mentioned that that was very interesting yeah, and I, I think I think, you know, like the defense of masculinity is so complex. I mean, like as a person of African descent, you know, like there's a history in this country where masculinity has been taken from men. And so like there is like a, a desire, a need to um, still say, yes, I am a man um, against all whatever. Um, at the same time, uh, while that is part of my mission, it's like, of course, I'm a man, you know, I. I I identify as a man, I embrace my masculinity, but I don't um, suppress feminine expression are those who choose to, and I'm not going to be complicit in any sort of, uh, so I I personally sometimes like find a balance of um, owning my masculinity without diminishing it or wearing it as a badge of mm -hmm. a way to pass into or to make me safer um, because it all should be welcomed and accepted, so. Definitely. Well said. Yes. Why can't I always say it every single week? I feel like, why can't we all just love each other and get along? Like literally, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's just like mm -hmm. the answer. So um, mm -hmm. let's kind of talk about someone who's not really been getting along well with the public after some backlash. Um, we have Miss Halle Berry. So Halle Berry pulled out of playing a trans role after some backlash. Um, she was, I'm not entirely sure if she was fully in the running or if she was considering it or kind of a little bit of both. Um, but essentially, um, there was some backlash after she went live talking about misgendering she used i believe it so it was just a whole train wreck of things happening to hallie thankfully she came out and she apologized she took ownership but i just want to get some of your guys thoughts of i guess kind of the whole situation do you think she should have even been considered for this role do you think she handled it well um steven i'll start with you what do you think um yeah this is so well she handled it perfectly i mean she came out she made a mistake and then she apologized and you know of course i made the mistake by delving into the comments and so there were people who were on the other side who were making light of it like you should have you should have uh, apologized for playing a mutant when you're not a mutant and i'm like okay 
Um, like, it's great that someone of that stature might have given voice to a particular project, like, um, what's his name? Um, I think Cobra was the movie that James Franco um, produced, and he got some backlash, you know, because he's out of the community, but his star power was able to, like, bring that story there. But I Definitely. think we're moving into an into an era where, you know, we can, you know, produce movies uh, with people who are of that experience because mm -hmm. the story is good. And um, I think that, yeah, I think she made the right decision. I think like this is an opportunity to look for trans men who can portray that, uh, whether if they have some notoriety, I think Brian Michael Smith, uh, Marquise mm -hmm. Wilson were names that were, um, you know, popped around, but them, including some other people who are unknown. I think this is a great time, a great opportunity to uh to look to amplify those voices and always definitely i always want i always say like i don't want people to get the idea that we want lgbtq people to play only these roles because it's going to limit the amount of roles that they can take on but at that same token i truly believe that there is something that an lgbtq person brings to this role like you said experience or living it in that truth that will really help them portray it the best possible way so i think that like you said she definitely took the right step of apologizing kind of pulling back from the project and hopefully opening up the door for someone of this of this community to take on this role right so, and also, yeah. also sorry to cut you off but like no, it's perfect. also especially for trans people like i was watching disclosure which is a great documentary on netflix everyone should watch it yeah like, kind of like the harmful effects that for trans women or also trans men you know some of these people who fear trans individuals only know from media uh of what they see are men portraying trans women so it's like oh we got to kill them because they're men dressing up as women or for trans men oh they're just women they're not men when really trans men are men and trans women are women so the fact exactly. that i think it is important for trans individuals to portray trans characters specifically you know like i understand what you said that um you know limiting roles can be harmful but especially for trans roles i think like definitely go watch definitely Disclosure. it's so eye-opening and i learned something new from it too as well so please go check that out so good so many amazing trans actors and creators uh, to mm -hmm. learn something, learn something from. Absolutely, and Ollie, I, I really kind of like second that, and I piggyback off of it. I, I was actually talking to my friend who's a trans activist, and said something really interesting to me. Said that Halle Berry playing trans is like a white actor doing blackface. That's how they saw it. That's not my opinion, and I thought that was very interesting because that comparison is is very, you know, it's a great comparison. That's how they felt, and you know. As a trans actor, I have a lot of friends who are trans actresses and actors. They have to fight for roles. Uh, my friend Trace mm -hmm. said had to fight for her role in Hustlers. Even though she worked as a dancer at Scores Nightclub, she had to fight for that role and she had oh. to email people and call people. Like, so I think it's, the, the problem is not Halle Berry. The problem is not Scarlett Johansson. The problem is the industry. Right. And the, mm -hmm. the, the beauty of it is look how fast the response was. I mean, Scarlett right. Johansson continued to defend herself, said she could play a table, she continued to be very transphobic, but you know, Hallie being, I've actually worked with Hallie, such an amazing, kind human being, spoke up, two days, apologized, was genuine. And you know, I hope that she's not gonna leave the project. I hope she's gonna be a producer or maybe mm. even play the main character's mother or, or sister, something like some kind of involvement. I hope she doesn't walk away because unfortunately with Scarlett Johansson's role, that whole movie got scrapped. And that was a lost opportunity, thousands of jobs lost. So I hope that that's mm -hmm. not going to happen with this movie. Yeah. 
That's a great I love point. That. I mean, there's still room for like, that's a great, great opportunity for an ally to step up and to support. If you love the story, you can still help tell it. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. Exactly. Yeah, because Hallie said she found this project, she loved the project, and she was just in awe of the character. And that's amazing. But like, how beautiful would it be to have a trans Black man portray this part and Hallie be on the sidelines cheering him on? I mean, that's amazing. And imagine if this person won an Oscar for that, to, to mm -hmm. have a trans Black man win an Oscar, like with Halle Berry on the helm. I mean, that would just like, I don't know, that would be such great PR for her as well. Hmm. Definitely. And we right love that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. We love yeah. that so much. Well, let's move right along and talk about something else we love. I personally was just so thrilled when I saw this. Um, Summer Somerville, Massachusetts has recognized polyamorous relationships as part of their domestic partnership order, ordinance. So basically people in polyamorous relationships are recognized by the state as a full-fledged domestic partnership, which is absolutely beautiful. So I love how inclusive they are. I think someone commented like Massachusetts has been killing it always like kind of on the forefront of these kind of special or like forward thinking movements, which I love. Um, so I'd love to get your guys take. Ali, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this and how excited are, for, are you for it? Uh, well, I guess I got to move to Massachusetts now. Uh, <laughs> no, Do you but, have your throw already? already? Uh, <laughs> um, okay, I have to get that after maybe quarantine COVID era. Uh, no, but it's great. Anything that's, I support anything that's, you know, that's progressive and anything that isn't constantly being put to like a binary system, anything that's heteronormative shouldn't be like the end all be all. So this is awesome. It's great. Derek Barry must be like living, <laughs> right? <now. laughs> uh, but it's awesome. Like I, I, I hate hearing like people in these relationships feel that discrimination because it isn't heteronormative. It's not, and it's just like even gays discriminate. Like, come on, like anything that's just like a singular relationship. When like half of these singular relationships of two people aren't even happy themselves. So, so I support this. It's awesome. Let's get more cities behind this. Plain and love that. I mean, I've mean, really recently dived into Massachusetts as like a very like oddly progressive place in mm -hmm. Boston. Like I kind of didn't know that. Like I, I know that like Providence Town is like big, but like I just, I, I don't know. I was just like really impressed. Wait, is Massachusetts in Boston? Did I do that right? Yeah, no, you switched it up. Boston okay. No, Boston is in Massachusetts. <laughs> I, I knew like, I made a mistake. I said yes. I said Sorry. yes, so it's okay. Oops. Oops. Thank you, Ollie. Thank you, Ollie, you for always failed, being on my side. Uh, American geography. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is what girl. happens when you're immigrant family. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. Kidding. I felt it too. It's okay. Nobody, <laughs> nobody dragged me in the comments. But yeah, I, I think that it's a very progressive place. I was really impressed. Like in some ways, like even this is like such a great statement, especially when if you look at the rest of the states right now, there's such an anti-LGBTQ sentiment. And I, I'm just really happy to to see this shift and, and you know, to give people some space. And we have a lot of people in the chat real quick. Um, Jean Walsam is saying, um, you know, I, I'm so excited that there is advocacy and she loves disclosure. Um, Zoe Johnson is mentioning Naya Rivera. And if you haven't heard oh. the news, um, Naya Rivera has been missing. So we, we're, our hearts really go out All to right. her family and, you know, her son, thank God her four-year-old son is okay, but they can't find oh. her. So yeah, That's it's crazy. really, really rough. I didn't want to like, bring the mood down but I definitely want people to kind of keep her in their right. you know hearts and minds so um but yeah I think Massachusetts is is doing some cool things and 
you know, there's a lot of other progressive places. It's not just LA and New York. I always tell queer people that say they have to move to either coast. I think it's really important. The fact is you can find your community where you're at. And I've even been to Minnesota and there's such a great queer community, a lot of interracial relationships, a lot of open-mindedness, even among a very like Trumpy area, you can find some good people anywhere. So I just, that's my message to queer people. I love that. Steve, any thoughts? Yeah, I'm gonna be real honest. Like my first uh, thought was, um, I've been to Boston and there weren't a lot of people of color. And the stories that I hear about like Massachusetts are not like the greatest in race relations. Um, nope. However, I thought it was kind of um, ironic. I just watched this movie called The Wound last night about South Africa and how they were one of the first countries to legalize same-sex marriage. However, <laughs> like 20 years ago, it just, you know, had their civil rights. And so I don't know what that says exactly. It's like progressive in one area, but then like failing sure. in another. Mm -hmm. um, but I, as a person who lives in the intersectionality, I will say I'm glad that they are on the progressive side uh, there. Um, so there's a win. I love the idea of polyamory being recognized and normalized. People like, you know, crap on people who are like swingers and in polyamorous relationships and the reality is like people who are in polyamorous relationships haven't had the chance to to try and fail and and all mm -hmm. that you know while monogamy is still not working you know for a lot of people so mm -hmm. i think that this mm -hmm. is like a good opportunity to at least legally say that we recognize thinking outside the traditional box that has normally promoted like a binary system that was probably created by the church and where mm -hmm. did this really come from, from money and social yes. structures. So I, I love that they're winning there and I can't be on this panel without saying, I hope that they do better race-wise, <laughs> race relation-wise. Yes. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for bringing that up because you know, like I, I obviously would never have known that Boston is not as open for race relations. So I love that, like you oh, said, yeah. they're they're great with this one progressive side, but not everywhere. So there's still work to be done in different aspects. So thank you so Absolutely. much for bringing that up. Well, and also Brian, it's also important to mention that you know in California, two black men were lynched. California, I think mm -hmm. it's I think people think sometimes it's you know it's either like Boston. I know it's been very problematic, or we think of. But you know, Central California, there's a lot of racist groups. They have the number one KKK membership. I think it's really important that people know those things. And thank God to mm -hmm. BLM and you know Patricia Colors, who I met a long time ago, Patrice. She's amazing, and she's been doing this work since 2013. So the Black Lives Matter did not start in 2020 for the cheap seats in the back. It did not start this year. It started way back when, when Black people were taken against their will from their countries and brought to. That's when Black Lives Matter should have started. So that mm -hmm. um, unfortunately didn't. And, you know, colonialism is actually colonialism. I realized not only is it problematic for all people of color, but also for the binary. Trans people that were celebrated in India were then turned into homelessness when colonialism happened. The, the West is responsible for the binary bullshit that we live in now. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I freaking hate Orange County racist ass. <laughs> Uh, Brian. <laughs> Trump. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, no, but it's true. It's true. Like I went no, to school there. I went. To, I went to Fullerton. I, I, mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Like the republic Not to crap on all Republicans, but there was a strong Trump. Like, you know, it was. I, I went to. I was in college going when the election happened, and that's when I was mm -hmm. fearful, along with so many other minorities. So, yeah, it's like I love that you brought that up. Even in California, Southern California, there's a terrible areas here. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Amy Cooper happened right here in Central Park there in New go. York. 
There I mean, you go. You know. There you go. Yeah. And and all of that stuff for people that think, oh, it's a silly Karen, or it's not a silly Karen. It's a it, that Karen, that person we see and we laugh about or make fun of and and you know cancel. That person is a product of their environment. That is a microaggression that has become a person. When I go and get gas at my local gas station because I'm quarantined with my parents and they're immigrants and they're Muslim, we were called terrorists. And I see people now selling Trump merchandise. I don't feel safe. And aside from having your political views is great, but Trump is built on hate. And if you support him, you are supporting hate. And it's not about political views. It's about making people of color and Muslim people in this country feel unsafe. That's what your political views are doing. So I'm not saying you can't vote for Trump. I'm just saying be cognizant of the fact that you're making people feel unsafe. Right. And that's all it is. Definitely. And if you're good with that, right. <laughs> Just Go to ahead, bring it Steven, back all sorry. around, because some people yeah. would, you know, us, maybe we're all liberal, would say, yes, of course, those bad Trump people. But like, you know, Amy Cooper showed us that, you know, even the most people, the most liberal, the most I voted for Obama, I have a black friend, all that stuff. It's like that doesn't say Boston, Massachusetts, just because you have a black friend doesn't save you from doing mm -hmm. better. I mean, actually, because you may have black proximity, that's really not close proximity is just kind of optical. It's like somebody I work with, but you, they don't really like tell you their real problems kind of thing. So they're not really your friend, they're a coworker. And they, anyway, mm -hmm. um, because you have that proximity might, if anything, put blinders onto where real change needs to happen. You may think I've done the work and really it's Definitely. like the work, this country was founded like Dunkin' Donuts says, this country runs on racism. So like, you know, like it's been bred, it's been Ooh. built on it. So like to be able to undo it in a one movement right now with painting a street Black Lives Matter, with any of that, with having a, a Black friend or some Black folks, it's not going to, um, I'm unlearning anti-Blackness. And I have all the reason to be pro-Black, but it's so deep in the fabric of this country if i as a person of color as a black man is unlearning that most definitely uh voting for obama or even voting or uh you know donating to black lives matter or making some posts isn't going to be enough it's a process um definitely so those there are those who are voting for trump but we also need to speak to like you know those of us here who say that we're about it as well um mm -hmm. yeah that's well said. It's a lot of unlearning, Stephen. And I know even being Muslim myself and, you know, in this country being Middle Eastern, I had to unlearn a lot of the, the, the self-hate and also the antagonism I had to my own people. I think we have to unlearn that because there is colorism in the Black community. If you go to South Africa, there's a lot of colorism. There's colorism in Indian communities, in Asian communities. If you're darker, it's bad. And if you're lighter, it's better. And, you know, all of that colonialism unlearning that is it's in our bones in some ways it's our trauma from our ancestors so it's 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 an unlearning process for sure definitely definitely yeah i 100% agree i think there's a lot of work to be done in this country but i want to move on to something that actually is some good work um something that's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel we had the first transgender memorial garden in st louis which i think is lovely it's great great step in the right direction um so these people were their lives were cut short by violence so there was a memorial set up for them it's a memorial garden it's so beautiful it's peaceful it just brings light and love to the unfortunate uh circumstance that happened to them so i'd love to just get kind of your thoughts on how happy you guys are for this new garden amir i'll start with you 